keep all and now we're recording so keep all your shit talking you know to behind the scenes <laughs> okay i wonder if people realize that a, a good portion of the pre-show not today so much a good portion of the pre-show is often us shit talking others and then oh okay we've got to go and record now we have to stop yeah we really clean up the show after uh, start the show. <laughs> I said to these guys a second ago, I said, okay, we're going to go live on Facebook. Anyone else have any new business? And here we are. Nope. Yep. Freddie checking in. Check. Are you check, 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 checking in? Check, 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 check checking check, in. Check. Freddie checking in. Uh-huh. So Dan Durant is here. Uh, check, welcome check, back, check, everyone. Check, check, check. Yes, check. Uh, yeah, today really is. Today is the day, right? Back to school and traffic will really increase today. It's that time of year. It's the serious time. It is here. It is, it yeah. It has arrived. Every year it and happens all the is in the air. Yeah, it's weird. The leaves have really started to give up. <laughs> they really have. It's like the leaves, the leaves get to the end of August and they're like, ah, I'm so tired. The innocent can't. we're actually... Dan and I did a cruise around the lake yesterday, and um, just a little little hint of that. Yeah. In the next couple of weeks, you're right; it will be quite evident. So, you uh, just the two of you went on a, a romantic boat ride? <laughs> yes. Did uh, Did Dan expose himself to you again, or was that we only when we got <laughs> to the back band? There was no one around. <laughs> I. Uh, what day did I? He suggests that we go skinny dipping. <laughs> I said no, no. I'll, you, you said sure, but I'll keep my uh, pants on. I'll keep my shorts on. I called Dan. Uh, I can't remember what day it was, and I said, "Just walk me through that whole." <laughs> I, said, I said I was fascinated by the story when Fred told it, but I said, "Just what was going? What was going on? Take me through the scenario." Oh man, you know it's uh, it's uh, seems far different when someone describes it than when you're in the moment. I mean, I, I was just treating the the area just like a locker room. And yeah, that's, that's what uh, you said. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Well, yeah. I told Doll, and she was somewhat taken aback. And I said, "Well, there was nobody around." She says, "I was. I could have looked out there. I could have just come around the corner looking yeah. for you. That would have been horrifying." Yeah. <laughs> for, for me. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, would be me. like what? <laughs> That's next door. That lives next door in its cave. So uh, you were. Uh, I went for a nice ride around the back bay. Uh, probably won't surprise yeah. you guys. I played. <laughs> Even for me, the last two weeks have been the most golf I've played in a period of time in a long time. And I got to yesterday. I was playing with my buddy Fraser. You guys know Fraser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a, yes, a couple of times. I leaned down to either mark my ball or pick my ball up, and I made this noise. Uh. <laughs> he said, what's, he said what's, what's wrong with you? I said, I'm just, my back is sore. I'm stiff. My hips were sore. We were walking. I was just like, I'm making this old guy noise now when I bend down. <laughs> so, all the golfing you did this summer, this past week, was the most intense. Like Not the most intense, the most number of rounds in the sh- in the amount. I played twelve rounds in fourteen days. Do you ever like? I'll, I'll play around a golf and like once every couple. of... I haven't played actually since June, to be honest. But mm. even when I'm doing a week or maybe a couple of week or week, by the fifteenth I tee it up and I think ah, I've just about had enough of this. You never, you never like 
when it's your like sixth or seventh round of the week go ah you know what I'm just maybe I've had enough of this no let me put it this way do you ever get tired of <laughs> no, I was gonna. I was gonna say something. You ever get tired of just playing with yourself? It's like that. <laughs> um, yeah, but that ha- that that sort of has, but you know, doesn't take six hours. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's a great question. I guess. Uh, no, uh, there are times when I'm tired of how I'm playing, but uh, in that twelve rounds in. 14 days there weren't very many rounds in fact yesterday was the only one that i wasn't playing in a tournament on a team mm. for a reason right it's just it all lined up i don't normally do that everyone it's not like me. i might play two or three times a week i know it sounds like i play a lot more and the truth is on a busy week i might play four times and, and I'll, I'll go practice a little bit but i'll tell you i haven't had my back feeling like it has it's it's been pretty stiff. I mean, I'm sure, Dan, are you feeling any effects of doing all the, all the construction you've been doing? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I, I'm just a little bit more tired than I usually am yeah. at the end of the day. But, yeah, it's, yeah, a little bit. I, don't, I know that now that I'm, you know, the age I am, and I'm not as reco- recovering as fast as I used to, which I'm sure for you, because oh. you're an ath- at athlete level. Oh, yeah, true. I'm an athlete. Well, you are. Yeah, but I'm definitely um, taking t- I'm taking a, a day off today. I'm not going to do anything. Oh, are you? Yeah. A day? Yeah, oh. I'm taking a day a off. A day. Wow. <laughs> Full recovery. I hope so. Although I you am must working. Get quite, quite the dopamine hit, though. Oh, yeah. It. Like, every time you hit the ball or something, it must do something to your brain. Uh, so it can do some good things to my brain and some bad things to my brain. Uh, Howard, uh, Fred. on another on another passion of yours, uh, I was at a rock concert on the beach Saturday night, right here in our beach. Come on, Crosstown tra- Crosstown Traffic was playing. That's Bruce Mallory's band. Oh, I Excellent. love those guys. Excellent. Um, I was talking to my buddy Nick, and he has his pilot license like you. And you know, he's got this little side gig going where. He he knows several rich guys here in Toronto who have places in Florida, and they have like turboprop or twin prop plane, whatever the right, term right. is, grown up airplanes. And what he does, he flies them to their place, and he uses their planes, obviously, right? Because they're rich. He flies them to their places in Florida, and then flies the plane home because they don't want to leave it in Florida because of the salt air or something or parking hmm. fees or whatever. And he makes a nice little stipend for that. Um, and I thought of you, but he was asking about you. And I said, I don't think you had kept your license up. And that's another way he keeps his license up. And he mm-hmm. keeps hours on the planes of these rich guys. It was a fascinating story. Yeah, good for him. So, some guy will phone him and say, yeah, Saturday morning. So he'll go to Buttonville or something. And, you know, the guy will load up his plane and he flies him down, drops him off like in Naples and turns right around and comes home. So Nick, your friend, gets the hours. He gets to fly yes. the planes for free. He gets well. He's yes. a, see. He's probably got a license similar to mine. He's got an IFR license. He's he's much more experienced than I am because I couldn't do that. I mean, I could at one time probably, but what a good gig for him. Um, yeah, and he is loves he a guy it. our and age? Is he retired age or whatever? No, he's. Uh, I think he's fifty five. He's no, like he's 10 just years a kid. younger than me. Yeah, he's just a kid. But um, yeah, and it was uh, it was fascinating. He also told me his story. Uh, him and his wife and his 18-month-old daughter about 10 years. Oh, no, maybe 20 years ago. He was going to some windsurfing competition in Virginia or something, and the uh, and the engine blew up mid-flight. Mm, nice. And he had to glide it into a bean field. 
<laughs> and his wife hasn't been in the plane with him since. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it would be yeah. my last time for sure. If I were a passenger. Because you don't know. He, I mean, he, yeah. Did he explain how? Uh, I mean, the, the, it's pretty safe as long as you can well, find a place to put it down. Well, that's what he said. He said, you know, you got to think of them as gliders with engines, not. Uh, no, exactly. And that's what he said. He said it was fine. He was talking to the to the, uh, you know, the tower and he had like 35 minutes to land and they just directed him to a field and uh, he brought it down and there was fire trucks and everything waiting for him in the area. Well, I've never had that emergency, although I have had. For, let me just park it for a second on your test on the very first like your private pilot's test forget any other ratings forgetting any you know high high performance planes it's pass or fail if you can't successfully they simulate an engine failure and if yes. you can't successfully glide to a, an area where the instructor thinks you would have been able to make the field is the uh, expression right. it's, a, it's you fail your test it's the it's literally you can kind of fudge a few other things not many but they'll give you a, a bit of a gray area on everything else on the test but if you can't mm-hmm. make the field Mainly because, you know, it's one of the emergencies that not that it's likely to happen, but in a in emergencies that you can recover from, that's one of them. Mm -hmm. You know, an engine failure is if you can find a place to put it down, then you can you'll be fine or potentially fine. Yeah. um, Yeah. It was uh, very interesting. And uh, yeah, see, so he said it takes him about three and a half. In the plane that he flies, it takes him about three and a half hours from uh, from Naples to, uh, or from, uh, yeah, from Greenville yeah. to Naples. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. Dave and I, best friend Dave and I, owned an airplane that was a, uh, a single-engine plane, a Cessna 177, if you want to look it up, and it had retractable gear, which is unusual for a small plane. So I was coming into Buttonville with a friend of ours, and... Um, when you lower the gear, it's an electrical uh, impulse, and you know that the gear is down because you can look and see uh, one of you can sort of see the gear, but there's also three green lights. So I put the gear down, and I don't get three green lights. So I have to go by the tower, and I say, talking to the tower, can you see my gear down? They say, well, we can't quite make it out. So I did another circle around the airport, and then we there's a hydraulic. Mm-hmm. system where you can pump the gear down and again we weren't 100 percent sure and uh so i'm coming in on final i just never forget this scene fire trucks following along and i said to my passenger i said i think those guys are for us which is <laughs> i'll tell you you know it, i've never been in a serious car accident where fire trucks and ambulance are called but i was literally three or four miles maybe not that much three miles back from the airport and i could see these trucks there it's like going to an accident (laughs) before it happens yeah like the these guys were like there already i was like well that's weird that's something i hadn't seen before and i put it down everything was fine obviously but it was a bit unnerving seeing uh they had called the emergency services for me anyway yeah it's um I, I have yeah I don't I don't anyway. uh, the whole uh, idea it's, you know and remember we talked about I guess it was a week ago remember the story about uh, the woman skydiver in Innisfil died yeah well that story came out a 21 year old woman apparently some tic- Canadian TikTok scar, uh, star I don't I can't remember her name it's not in front of me 
but she was a really adventurous person and loved to put all this stuff on uh, TikTok and everything. And uh, she jumped out of the plane, and um, the parachute didn't open in time. And now there's some question about whether was it her fault or was it the skydiving company's fault, and mm-hmm. uh, what exactly happened. I don't know. Anything way up in the air scares me. Mm. Uh, Dan Duran. Yes. You know, I often tell the story of you being my first uh, passenger. You know, we've yes. talked about this before, and it made me very nervous because I, as we were going down the taxiway, I realized you were the first person I'd ever flown with that if something happened to me, we were all going to die. Yeah. Um, but I also wanted to acknowledge that Dan was over at my place a couple of weeks ago. And we were trying to think about something to watch after dinner. You know, we get a little bit stoned and we want to watch a funny show or maybe a sci-fi thing. And Dan says, hey, have you seen Westworld? And I'm nervous when Dan recommends something because we have very similar tastes. So I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to probably love this, but I don't know if I have time. I quickly checked. It, it was four seasons, you know, 10 episodes a season. One hour episodes. One hour episodes. And what did I say to you? I don't know if I want to watch it, Dan. What if I get hooked? (laughs) And you got hooked. We started with episode one again, right? Yeah, you'd already seen. Well, Dan had already seen a few seasons. Yeah. Do you remember the movie Westworld, Fred, with Ewell Brenner? It it was uh, about a bunch of robots who were, they put them in this Western setting and you go there and you get to pretend you're in the old West. Was that like a major flop or something? Had a huge no. budget and a flop? No, okay. you're thinking I'm of thinking. Uh, Chris. You're thinking of that Chris Heaven's Gate or something, or Waterworld. Yeah, Waterworld also a big, uh, huge. Um, no, Westworld oh, right, was a okay. was a pretty good movie, and this series is loosely based on it. It's by the same guy that wrote it. Michael Crichton is the author. But sure enough, Dan was right. We watched, uh, I think, one episode that night, maybe two. Yeah, we got into a second episode before I uh, I went to bed. Well, now I'm on season, to the middle of season two, Dan Duran. <laughs> God. That didn't take any time. No, wow. it's good, though. Yeah. But, you know, it's like I, I knew it. I knew if, if I liked it, then I'm sucked in. Well, we have a little science fiction bent, which I don't think I know. Uh, Fred has. No. And, you know, when you go down, uh, you know, uh, life like robot road, I mean, I'm, I'm in. So. Well, the thing that I think Fred would like about this series, though, is it really is. I said to Dan that night, I said, just really, I, I don't have too many goals left in my life, but I do want to live long enough for the uh, for the sex robots to become part of our. Because in Westworld, the, the sex robots are everywhere, man. Hmm. And it would simplify your life, right? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> people would say. People just, would then say, who are you dating? I go, I don't know. It's by appointment only. Yeah. <laughs> no strings attached. No, I know. No, emotion, yeah. no emotional attachment. None of that. <clears throat> don't and, have to go uh, to anyone's family's uh, get-togethers. Yeah. But there's Where's the- Howard? I never see Howard anymore. Howard <laughs> That's got a home, right. He got a home model. Yeah, he, st- he stopped golfing. He's not golfing? Yeah, he's got. he's found a new passion. But, uh, yeah, you'd like the, I don't know, I'm sure people listening are like, Westworld, that's like four years ago. I know, I know. But it's new to me. And uh, I think four years old. I think so. It's, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. 2017, 2018, whatever. Yeah, not into the, uh, I don't, for whatever reason, not in. But it's not sci-fi, though. Like, dude, it's not sci-fi at all. It's actually. What is it? It's, it's just, it's just these, 
it's more i don't know how to describe it. it's not sci-fi it, you'd like it actually i, well, I don't Dan recommend it beca- well no because we like sci-fi stuff and it's got oh. a robot it's got a robot aspect to it. but they're not shooting lasers out of their eye the sci-fi right. part is that they're so lifelike that they've become they've gained consciousness it's got anthony hopkins ed harris who i freaking love and he's so good in this thing he's really great in this and yeah. evan rachel wood <laughs> you know very good in it. Evan Rachel gives me wood, but did mm-hmm. you that's know? nice. <laughs> oh, is it? There's no. It's not a spaceship movie, though. No, there's no, no. There's no spaceship. No yeah, people want to hear that out of a 62 year old man. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Sorry, didn't mean didn't mean to be so immature. A uh, couple things here quickly before we get started. Uh, one of our uh, longtime f- uh, Hundy P's and also contributors to the show. He was listening. Keith Weiland. Did you click on what he sent us? When? Last week. He said, oh, he said, here's some, he sent this note. I'm, I thought it was to both of us, but it, the, the note was, he goes, here's some uplifting transition music. And I thought, oh, okay. Keith's, oh, right. For yes, a while yes. there, Keith was kind of like our, <laughs> you know, side uh, music director. Right. And uh, this is by a guy, and I think Dan would remember it, a guy named Red Sovine. Do you remember Red Sovine, Dan? No. Here's what he sounds like. Anyway, here's this song. I'm going to play about a minute of it. It really is something that this got recorded and apparently uh, was quite popular. This is a little way to start our Get Serious. It's uh, back to school, all that stuff. Here's Teddy Bear. I was on the outskirts of a little southern town (laughs) trying to reach my destination before the sun went down. The old CB was blaring away on Channel 1-9 when there came a little boy's voice on the radio line. And he said, Breaker 1-9, is anyone there? Come on, bike truckers, and talk to Teddy Bear. Well, I keyed the mic and I said, you got it, Teddy Bear. And the little boy's voice came back on the air. Appreciate the break. Who we got on that end? Because so far, it's pretty simple. Very, you know, it's a young boy trying on a CB radio, and he's talking to a trucker. I'm listening along this morning thinking, oh, this is sweet. I told him my handle, and then he began. Now, I'm not supposed to bother you fellas out there. Mom says you're busy, and for me to stay off there. But you see, I get lonely, and it helps to talk. Because that's about all I can do. I'm crippled and I can't walk. <laughs> I came back and told him to fire up that mic, and I'd talk to him as long as he liked. Okay, so far he's a special. You know, he, uh, what? Well, you can see when this was recorded, they called him crippled. But uh, yes, so yeah, far, so you know. Far. So you think, oh, it's very sweet. The little boy's going to talk to some truckers, this, but it gets better. It's my dad's radio. The little boy said. But I guess it's mine and mom's now. Of course, my daddy's dead. Yes. <laughs> so, so let's review. The little crippled boy is using his dead daddy's CB radio. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, what exactly was the? How did this get recorded? And he's a little boy. Yeah. So his dad died young. Oh, yeah. Tragic. He was in a car. He la- tragically. Yeah. Later in the song, it talks oh, about okay. his dad's accident. He was a tr- <laughs> he oh, was okay. a trucker. Anyway, the song is called Teddy Bear, if you all want to go check out. And how it ends is all that he wants to. He's wor- the little boy in the story who is a little crippled boy in the story. That's what he's called. 
tells the trucker that uh, he's sad because his dad is dead and he won't ever get to ride in an 18-wheeler again. And then, lo and behold, all the truckers listening go to his house and give him a ride in the truck. There you oh, go. Yeah. yeah, there you so go. There is a cheerful a, finish. Oh. Cheerful finish. <laughs> there is an upside. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was going to get all ignorant and stuff. Oh. No, no. This is Here's oh, the thing. Okay. is, It's a real song. Right. Back in the from back in the day, when back those, in the whenever that was the seventies. Yeah, those CB or those trucker songs were quite popular. Unbelievable, actually. Yes, Red Sovine. I know who knows. I, I thought you guys would know that. Uh, you and Lumby would have played Red Sovine. I don't remember doing that on your uh, yeah. little radio stations. Yeah, there would only been one station that I would have played that, and that would have been the Lumby station. There was in no exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now that we're getting serious, and are you going to be? Do you have anything you've been saving up to watch all summer, Freddie? Because I know that you don't like to watch a series when it's nice outside. You'd rather be outside. No, Delise has been compiling a list. Um, not really. Yesterday I was in front of the TV for a long time. I watched both games of the Jays doubleheader. They won both. Very, very. You know, they delivered in the crunch, which was nice. Yeah. And then I watched a movie called Father Stew with Mark Wahlberg and uh, Mel Gibson, which was fine. You know, it was just a, it was two hours that I didn't regret. Well, we were talking about Mark Wahlberg before the show that uh, I watched that Netflix show, a movie him and Kevin Hart put out and it wasn't great, but Mark Wahlberg movies tend to be okay. Yeah, they were. And that's what this was. This was a true story, too. He plays a priest. Well, he was a boxer. Oh, right. He was a boxer, became a priest. Stuart Long, I believe his name was. Yeah, and then he um, yeah, he has this girlfriend, and then she introduces him to the Catholic Church. He becomes a Catholic, too, you know, so he can go out with her. She was a strict Catholic, and then decides he wants to become a priest. And then he's inflicted with a horrible disease. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll like, tell you. Yeah, they... Mm-hmm. What the becoming a priest wasn't this horrible disease he was afflicted with? <laughs> it's funny during. Dude, I'm shaking my head because there's all sorts of references like to the Bible and things that God and Jesus have said. Right? Yeah, yeah. We should all hear to. And I just shake my head. <laughs> that stuff's funny now. Oh, it is. It's comical. Yes, it it's just funny. In 2022, uh, but anyway, yeah. Speaking of priest, place. what's that? You're not, play. Hmm? You're not going to get into Game of Thrones, the new Game of Thrones. Oh man, out there. Oh maybe, the, uh, maybe, dude. Because uh, the uh, there, I wanted. To, well, get, I'm going to get to House of Dragon. House, it's a House of Dragon or House of the Dragon. Yeah, one of. Have those. you seen the second episode? Because the, the third episode came out last night. But I haven't no, seen I'm it. Still, I'm still. I left off where you were because I okay. my, my crave isn't working right now. I haven't pushed. To I'll it. tell you that's something. If you liked. I wanted to talk about that later, but if you liked uh, Game of Thrones, you're going to like this series. And I found it pretty easy to follow, Dan. Like, it takes a bit, but you sort of get the idea of it. Yeah. But uh, I want to... Same thing with The Lord of the Rings, by the way. That is, it takes a while to sort of figure that one yeah, out. Yeah, but see, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. That came out on Amazon on Friday, apparently, and was uh, seen by... Uh, I just read something this morning, like 25 million people to have, to have downloaded that series or have watched that series since uh, Friday. Yeah, you know, it's almost like I want, like my grandkids, right? The parents, uh, Melanie and Josh, are very good with them. Where they only get screen time so much, not even per day. It's like on the weekend for mindless things, and uh, it's almost like I wish I had that. 
Because you know when you fall into something, hours go by. And the, oh, yeah. And, and especially when the shitty weather gets here, it's like you got to stay active on some level. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to balance that because there's so much on a list for me to watch because mm-hmm. I, I haven't watched anything this summer. Well, I can't remember if you were, were you a Game of Thrones fan? Oh, yeah. No, I you're going to love the House of Dragons. Same thing. I, it took me about three runs at it. Delise yeah. never caught on, but uh, I did. I watched. No, you would and like. Again, it was, and I was like so many. I had half the time. I had no idea what was going on, but I still loved it. Yeah, I'll tell you that this this one, you know how sometimes you'll see a sequel to a movie and what they do in the sequel is they put in all sort of the little moments that everyone loved from the original, you know, like they sort of find a way to do some of the similar things. Well, House of Dragon literally has a bunch of characters that are descendants of the characters of Game of Thrones and they look like them. You know, they've got the oh. Daenerys. Oh yeah, you'll you'll like it's very sort of easy to follow because you're already sort of familiar with the world, but there's just more dragons and some boobies. Dragons and boobies. It should be called Dragons and Boobies. <laughs> Oh, really? Because mm-hmm. they cut the boobies out of yes, towards well, the end of... And they're back. Is, the boobies uh, are back. Is uh, Natalie Emmanuel in it? Or her... Um, her um, Which one was she? She was the... Uh, was she the, uh, the assistant to the, the Dragon Queen? <laughs> I, know, I know that wasn't her official title, but is that who you mean? The, the one that got the, thrown off? The, the black girl. Yes. Yes, I know who you mean now. The assistant. Yeah. She's not in it. Mm, too bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. N- nobody, because it's she was my she was what, my favorite character. It's like it was set five hundred years or something before. Uh, yeah, right. a few hundred years before. Yeah, yeah. a couple hundred years. Yeah. By the way, uh, if you were talking about what was it, uh, priest stew, whatever. Father stew. Father stew. <laughs> I, I just clicked on something this morning I thought you'd find amusing. It's a female comic, and I don't remember her name, but she had a great line. She said, if altar boys could get pregnant, abortion would be legal. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right, Dan. This episode of Humble and Fred is being Dan, do you see what, by the way, Dan, do you understand the joke there is because priests sometimes, Mm. sorry, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Please start again. Thank you for the explaining. (laughs) Would you please explain more jokes or just do, Okay, well, what I'm trying to say there is that priests who are supposed to lead a church... I'm sorry, Dan. Yeah. Okay. I think I got it. (laughs) This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the Humble and Fred studios in Toronto and from the lusty shores of Lovesick Mm. Lake. And is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and Health Gauge. Also, contest alert. Today, you could enter to win a set of tires from Continental Tire Canada. And now, here are two men who remember what back to school was like, but only one remembers what it was like to finish school. <laughs> it's humble and friend that's right of the three of us only one of us has graduated from the grade 12 wow 13 well whatever okay show off and college too you really stuck it out wow listen man we're in my one room schoolhouse we didn't have no highfalutin college out there on the prairies Uh, you didn't have grade 13 either did you no Actually, uh, and it's funny, in Quebec, they go to grade 11, grade 12, and 13, or something called CJEP, which is sort of prep for college, which I think makes more sense 
yeah. tell you the truth, than any of the other school systems and the way they do it. Because, you know, Dan, the system there is after grade 11, you do sort of like a pre-college couple of years. But they they start to get I mean, think about it. Grade 12. You're already kind of they're prepping you to, to leave the nest. Um, and I think it's a great idea. But uh, we never had grade 13 where we're from. But Dan and I, we uh, I got well, I got to at least the end of grade 12. I didn't get all my credits, but I went to grade 12. I'm not sure. I, of, I don't know your origin story, Dan. Yeah, that's pretty much the same. I, I, I needed more more credits for sure. And uh, I never bothered getting it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, Dan's a, got a, was, there's some stuff in Dan's past that are pretty, there's pretty sketchy. There's definitely some stuff in my past. Some but, sketchy you know, I've, stuff. I've calmed down now and I've become more of a person. See, you're more responsible like, now at age 68 or whatever you are? <laughs> a little mm-hmm. bit more, yeah. Okay. There's so many handy, technical, like Dan around a computer, a lot of things, obviously, and at you too, Howard, but I'm just from a technical aspect, Dan, so much to offer. And, you know, school back then really didn't recognize, of course, they didn't recognize computers. They weren't around. But how many kids had talent, but the school system just wasn't designed for that to come out, you know? Yeah. With all Maybe my extracurricular if, activities and all that, to your point, Fred, is I, I spent more time doing math than I was doing school, and that's mm-hmm. where I learned. No, but Fred, you know, like said, there were lots of things in school that interested me, mm-hmm. but more that didn't interest me. And you know what the sad thing is? When I went to school in Scarborough, there was guys that took the technical aspect of like auto mechanics and woodworking and stuff like that, but they almost were looked down upon. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Funny and, how that's uh, changed now. There was a stigma to that, and then there was vocational schools as well, which channeled kids into more specific trades and what have you. They they need more of that nowadays. Well, you know that that's the the truth is a lot of stuff that's taught in school. That's why I thought that the CJEP model was so good mm-hmm. because it's practical learning. Yeah, it, it's preparation for actual life. I mean, how many times have kids said over the generations, you know, how many times am I going to use, you know. The cosine of a quadrant triangle. I don't even know what I just right. said. <laughs> you know what I mean? Quadrilateral cosine of the quadrilateral. And there's like, uh, you know, there's kids with four-year arts degrees graduating from university, not making nearly the money as a drywaller. Well, that's what I said. It's inter- yeah. interesting now. If you're in the trades, yeah. you can make a ton yeah. of money. Yeah. Uh, Dan mentioned that. Um, oh, hang on. A little Our Lady piece for you guys. Last week, I uh, hung out with our friend uh, Jeremy Taggart, former drummer for Our Lady Peace. Yeah, we got to. You know what? Jeremy is truly one of. You know, we all have people in in our lives that make us laugh, and the three of us make each other laugh at times. But Jeremy's one of those people that's not in my immediate circle. That whenever I hang with him, he just makes me. He's just a really naturally funny guy. Um, and I said to him, because he's doing this podcast with Jonathan Torres, and I said, they're Jeremy... They're still doing that. Oh, yeah, they're still doing it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, once a week, I think they uh, drop a, an episode. Anyway, I hung with him for the uh, day of doing a little golf thing, and uh, man, he, he's going to come on the show. Also, at another golf event, I hung around with our friend Tom Cochran, actually, the day after. Uh, Jeremy was quite the uh, star-studded week, and Cochran said, you'll love this <laughs> fucking... He says to me, hey, Howie, when do you want me back on your blog? And I said, well, did he? (laughs) And I said to him, this was in front of a couple of guys. I go, well, Grandpa Tom, um, it's called a podcast. Uh, Fuck. 
Anyway, he laughed. He said that to me a couple times that day. He goes, I'll be back on the blog. You just watch it. <laughs> Would he be? I wonder if he'd be able to handle the whole Zoom aspect of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he would have to get somebody to show him. He's got to be, Tommy's got to be a couple years older than you. I would say Toronto Mike could coach him, but then he'll end up on that show first. For two and a half hours. <laughs> that's, <laughs> just a little, that's just a little joke. That's right. It'll be hey, a, Tom Cochran's playing the uh, Brampton Rose Theater later this yeah. month for two nights, I noticed. Yeah, he's been, I, I was talking to him. He's been out doing some shows. Uh, I guess the summer, you know, time tour or whatever. But uh, Jeremy would definitely be, uh, he's obviously tech savvy enough. Uh, Dan mentioned Continental Tire Canada is proud to sponsor Drive Festival presented by Mobile One occurring this weekend, uh, people. September 9th to 11, a Canadian Tire Motor Sport Park in Bowmanville. Come check out the... Continental Tire Performance Test Track as well as the Continental Tires Display in the Monza Pavilion Fan Zone. While at Drive Festival, you can also test drive many of uh, this country's top new vehicles. Uh, Information and tickets are available at drivefestival.com. Now, here's the part that we want to emphasize to help celebrate Continental Tires Drive Festival. Because, you know, Freddie, at some point, uh, you're going to need some new tires uh, and this is presented by Mobile One Partnership. Continental Tire is giving away three sets of tires this week, folks. To Humble and Fred, Hundy Peas, and listeners, we'll do the uh, draw on Thursday. Each set of tires valued up to $1,800. Simply enter by tagging at Conta Canada, C-O-N-T-I-C-A-N-A-D-A, uh, in the Continental Tire contest post. It's on our Facebook page. It's on Instagram. It couldn't be simpler. We're just going to... And by the way, oh, I just remember that. Uh, if you want to email us as well, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Not everyone is uh, following us on uh, social media, but if you'd like to enter for these tires, Freddie, and these are... Um, they're called Extreme Contact. Enhanced dry and wet handling. Improved dry and wet braking. They're uh, premium... Pardon me, sir? They're beauties. They're all season, my friend. Mm-hmm. You know, these are... This is... Which means you never have to change them. They're ultra-performance tire for passenger cars, crossovers, and SUV. Ideal for true year-round traction. It comes complete with Sport Plus technology, which provides responsive handling, better grip on wet roads, and extended tread life. To enter the contest, simply tag at Conta Canada. All the details on our Facebook page. We'd love to give you the tires. Go ahead and enter. Go ahead and enter uh, and uh, email us as well. All right. Yes, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Uh, really, if you have a small business, you can have a benefits package. Go to uh, chamberplan.ca. Today, you can get a free quote. You know, there's all sorts of testimonials. Uh, like, I'm looking at the uh, New York Fries, a franchisee became part of the chamber plan on how it's working for his small business and his employees. Listen, there's nothing better than walking in and telling your employees you now have a benefits package when they didn't expect it. They didn't think your business was big enough to have one. Well, you are. And we're talking prescriptions and dental and all sorts of other products under the Chamber Plan umbrella. Take the time today. Go uh, find out what it's all about. See what's available. See what it's going to cost you and be pleasantly surprised. Chamberplan.ca.
I don't know how much you want to get into uh, the Trump stuff. I just want to park it. Uh, there's so much Trump stuff. I've got the audio of him talking about meeting Zuckerberg last week. We might get to that later. I, I did well, want... Go ahead. No, I was going to... Yeah, I have... In this special master thing. I mean, yeah, yeah. they're talking. Everybody's talking about, you know, the way the uh, DOJ has been politicized in the FBI. Well, this... You know, he appointed that judge. Every every lawyer I saw, even on Fox, said there was no need for that. And now this lawyer appointed by Trump allows for the uh, no, I know the special master. So you know what I mean. It's it's just it's more just, delays, and I, I know. I was it's a say, mess down there. So I, yeah, I'm done with it. But, but I was going to say we can park it. I, I, I do have the audio of him and his one of his uh, Nazi speeches. But I thought yeah. today because we often I, I only mentioned Trump in, in the context that we often talk about you know how terrible it is in the states and all these mass shootings. But here we are in Canada. Uh, and I'm, you know, 62 and a half years old. I've never, I'm from Saskatchewan and never thought I would ever see a headline where, you know, 10 people are killed, 15 people injured in a mass uh, murdering spree, spree in, uh, in my home province, let alone the country. And, uh, I don't know how. I just want to sort of get your take on it. At first, I wasn't sure what I was reading. I thought I saw it as a something on social media. I had to go and look it up. I hadn't heard it. I didn't listen to it on the news. But I was a little bit taken aback by it, just by the severity of it, and also the fact that these two young men are still on the loose. And no one's dead. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm. I don't have that update. I was looking at the uh, CBC yeah, news. Yeah, they here. found uh, one of the brothers dead yesterday. So there's just one. Well, they're not brothers. They, uh, that, according oh, to this, say that, I was going to say, according to this story, they have the same last oh. name, but they're not. Anyway, oh. what? so one of these kids was mm. found dead? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. killed himself or the other one killed him? Uh, no, they think it, it, doesn't, it didn't look self-inflicted, apparently, is what I read. So just trying to figure that out. Maybe they turned on each other. Well, I was going to say, so a couple of questions for you, and I wanted to throw this out to everyone, but what was your reaction? And then did have you heard, so two questions, what's your reaction? And have you heard any motivation for this? No, and not to make light of it, but my first reaction, as I said to my sweet little wife, I says to her, isn't that a funny difference between, not funny, okay. No, I know what you mean. A stark contrast between the states. They have mass shootings. We have mass stabbings. Now, that tells you something about gun laws. Yeah. And again, that's not to make light no, of it. No, I get it's, it. It's true. Listen, I first the first thing I yeah. thought was, again, not to make light of it, but not one of the first things that I thought was, how do you stab people enough to kill? Because it takes a while. You know, again, not no, to make light yeah. of it. But it's not like shooting someone. You really have to get invested into stabbing a bunch of people. Well, look at that guy in Brampton. He was hacked with swords and machetes and axes, and he survived. And, and that was three guys that were hacking away at him. Maybe these guys uh, strategically knew where to stab people to kill them. I don't want to dwell can, on you that You can do part. it with one in the right spot. Right? Okay, but, you know, yeah, you see that on in movies and such, but, I mean... When you stab somebody, not this, please don't misunderstand this. We're not making light of it, but it is fascinating. When you stab somebody, you've, it's a very personal thing. That's why my thought was 10 dead, 15 also injured. That's a lot of people. 
there's a lot of stabbing going on. And, 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 and how is it? I don't have any of the details. I'm looking at the CBC story. How is it that that many people were stabbed before authorities got were into, you know, well, part of it is because of the remoteness of the, of the place. Well, plus, there was different locations as well. Yeah. So maybe took them by surprise for whatever reason. And, you know, to the neck. If you're not looking, you're not expecting it. Yeah, I guess. Who knows? I mean, you know, it's just it was horrific. And it made news all over the world. Oh, yeah. Not Isn't that an interesting aspect of it, too? If if that had been 10 people dying in a mass shooting, would it have made the news around the world that it did because it was a stabbing? It sort of made it an oddity on, on some level. I don't know about that. Yeah, maybe. It certainly was covered by everyone. I was impressed, surprised, surprisingly impressed by uh, listening to Fox and CNN that they were actually pronouncing Saskatchewan right. Yes, and referring to it without much of an explanation either. Yeah. Like Saskatchewan. Oh, that's in Canada. Like They just rolled it out like Saskatchewan, like assuming Americans would know what that is. Uh, looking at a story here, they're talking about the Parole Board of Canada. A uh, document from February says one of them, I'm not sure which one, told the board that regular use of drugs and hard alcohol would make him lose his mind and get angry. Uh, they said your criminal history is very concerning. He's got like a 20 years uh, uh, rap sheet. Uh, RCMP have not said what motivated the, ta- the attacks. 18 injured, 10 people dead. And... Uh, I don't know where this community is. It says northeast of Saskatoon. Mm. But if you uh, look at a map of Saskatchewan, you know, it's a million plus people live in the province and, you know, 900,000 of them live in the bottom third of it, you know, basically. So this area north of Saskatoon, I, I really, the furthest north I've ever been in Saskatchewan is Prince Albert, which is not quite that far north. But uh, anyway, right. It's crazy up there, man. Uh, Rudra, I was speaking with one of our team in India this morning. They heard about the stabbing there. Did they really? In India. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, just horrific and terrible, and it'll be interesting to hear what the motive was, if any. Yeah. It says here, yeah, BBC, one suspect now found dead. So they had the same last name, but they weren't brothers. Were they like cousins or something? Now it says Sanderson's brother, Miles, is at large. Because I read a couple different things that they weren't. Yeah. I had heard they were brothers. Okay. Uh, But anyway, it doesn't matter now. They're not brothers now. One's dead. Still brothers. Yeah, man, it's uh, you're right. It was uh, shocking. But would it have been different? Would it have made? I, I think it made news for several reasons. It was so unusual for that to come out of Canada. Yes. I think yes. that was one of the big ones that not only is it horrifically violent and mm-hmm. and very personal. That's kind of what I was getting at. That stabbing somebody is a very intimate activity. So there was two things. One, it's unusual to hear about that kind of violence from our country. And also unusual to hear about that level of violence. 28 different people having to... And again, I don't want to be flip about this, but don't you, if you were in an alcohol drug induced rage, wouldn't at some point that calm down? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, you know, I'm sort of getting at like, wouldn't you, again, not to be flip, wouldn't you tire yourself out at some point? Like the rage diminishes? 
I wouldn't have the stomach to do it because the way it just, just, you know, the idea of stabbing is just so gruesome. Yeah. Um, to be able to stick a knife in somebody. I mean, I, I couldn't do it for my own psyche. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, and again, yeah. let's say you've, you've something inside you is snapped and the two of you yeah. are on this rampage. Yeah. But somewhere in the, at some point in this episode, would you not, would, would I, again, I don't know what they were on. Maybe it sustained them, but, uh, but again, it was done over. Yeah. It wasn't like 10 people in one room. No, I know it was done. So they had time to, I guess, recover, get their breath, whatever you want to call it. But I see what you're saying. And again, why? Yeah. Why? Well, uh, you know, like, you know, I've spoken about this before growing up in Moose Jaw and, you know, spending some time in Regina, uh, Regina for as long as I can remember the whatever by population the most uh, the murder the most murders per capita in the in the country and and a lot of it is indigenous folks and uh yeah i mean it, it's uh yeah when they post every year the most dangerous places in canada yeah it's interesting to see what comes up yeah the big the major cities the big cities are way way down the list and of course it's done on per capita but that's the way it should be one. What are your chances in this particular village or city or place of meeting at like a violent end? And again, the big cities are, are way down the list, obviously, because there's lots of people to witness and security cameras now and all the things that go with it. And the issues are different. Yeah. Um, like I, yeah, like there, I think it, I think it's a, a, a town in Manitoba is like the most dangerous place mm-hmm. on, in Canada. <laughs> well, I know, again, growing up, it was always reported that Regina, you know, again, per capita, mm-hmm. the most murders mm-hmm. in the country. And it's a population under 200,000 people. Uh, anyway, it was interesting for a lot of different reasons. Again, hearing Saskatchewan on the, you know, sort of the global news. That's not the way you want to make the, uh, no, make know, the news, I Howard. I know. I know. Uh, anyway, I thought we had to mention it. It would be weird if we didn't. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, again, it was a little bit odd. And, yeah, I'm just looking at the story now. It doesn't seem they still haven't caught the second guy. And uh, they're saying he could be uh, in uh, Saskatchewan, Alberta, or Manitoba. Yeah. Yeah, it won't be long. I'm yeah, sure. we. I don't think we really talked, or did we talk? I know we talked about it off the air, the uh, machete hacking in Brampton. Mm-hmm. Did we talk about that on the show? I can't remember. Uh, yeah. We did, okay. I said the guy had a podcast. Right, right, right. And if not political, I'm sure it was some kind of religious. It's always religious. Um, slant. Yeah. Uh, sure. You know, that's the, I'm not going to say dirty little secret, but one thing about Brampton, you know, people make fun of Brampton and drives me crazy you know about the profile of brampton now but within that profile there are people that don't like each other based again on religion and politics in the homeland and uh you know a couple of days later i don't we mentioned it there was like a sword fight in a parking lot in south brampton like it was it was crazy Mm -hmm. there was video of it and uh you know that apparently that's the weapon of choice and <laughs> it's scary stuff i say mhm and it's 
and again i don't me do i have to worry about it no because i'm not part of their politics or i'm not part of their religions i imagine if you said something disparaging about one of their religions they might come after you i don't know they're crazy some of them it's, yeah it that, means that it means that much to them that they would go to a guy's house wait till he comes out and attempt to hack him to death in broad daylight over some comments about and, and that's the thing again i'm gonna see mm-hmm. i don't understand the uh, and, and, and again it's gonna sound stupid i don't get the in the in religion or the, the religions that don't like each other within the same sect you know it's like I think we were talking about this again. It's like uh, the Catholics and the Protestants and the Troubles in Ireland all those years. It's the it's weird. It's like we worship Jesus this way. We worship him this way. Ah, yeah. So but how you could get so caught up in the cult of it all that you would go hack somebody because they said mm-hmm. some things about the way you observe is so bizarre to those of us that don't have uh, any of that in our lives. You know, and us naive fourth and fifth, whatever generation Canadians we are. I mean, we look at these people and just, you know, and I'm sorry for saying this. They just appear to be the same. And you think, oh, those people come from the same country, the same culture. No, 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 no. There's, oh, yeah. a, lot of fa- there's a lot of factions within that which carry a lot of baggage that more and more I've learned about over the last couple of years. Um, yeah, so you just don't know. To the point where they don't want, they don't want to li- even live on the same street. Isn't that it's crazy? It's very well, interesting. I mean, I was very thinking, as you were saying, and I was thinking that even within, well, even within Judaism, like all religions, there are different levels of observance and different sects within that. Although, you know, I've, I've said some terrible things about my own religion over the years and no one's come and tried to hack me with a dreidel like I've never been <laughs> there's never been like a broadcaster podcaster Howard Glassman was it was in a terrible dreidel attack he was pummeled with dreidels and gefilte fish over the weekend I have a really a real problem with people that fight the battles of other countries in this country I don't know if you could ever enact a law or something that if you were guilty of that, you would get tossed out. But I, that bothers me big time because you've adopted your new country and, you know, fresh start. And we don't really have a, a history of that. No, but that's the thing is, it's a new country, but it's, it's not a new religion. The religion oh, no, that no, they this bring is what with I'm them saying. Here. But so to fight battles on our on this soil over stuff that's going on a world away. It's, yeah. That doesn't sit well with me. No, I get it. But they're, 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 it's not just battles from the homeland. It's battles within the religions from yes. the homeland yes. that they bring and to I the streets you, here. I said to you last week, and you sort of poo-pooed it. The poo-poo. Um, when I said kids witnessing something like that is, that could be life-altering. And how did, why did I poo-poo that? <laughs> what, was that what was my well, point? I, well, I said something like, can you imagine a couple of kids are on their way to school or out playing? Because it was broad daylight yeah. like at almost 9 o'clock in the morning. If two kids witnessed that, how that would traumatize them. And I, and I think I repeated that. And you went, okay, okay with the kids. Okay with the kids. <laughs> you don't recall that? <laughs> well, my reaction was, all right, with the kids. Because you're always worried about the kids. They'll be fine. A few stabbings and hackings. Yeah, that's right. But here's another. That was my best. 
so here at the trailer for somehow john ended up with these little you remember the little green army men yes of course little army guys yeah yeah so he's setting them up the other day in the in the florida room here and i and i said so what are you doing he said oh i'm just playing with these guys and i said so who's the battle between he goes what and i said well who's fighting each other and he goes well nobody and i said yeah but one side's got to be fighting the other side what are the two sides he says i don't know what you mean papa and i just left it there Mm -hmm. and i thought isn't that sweet because the nine-year-old in Ukraine right now would have a different answer, wouldn't he? Yeah, no kidding. Or a nine-year-old in, you know, how many countries around the world would have a different answer? Well, it's interesting, too, that he was setting these yeah. characters up, not yeah. no, not knowing that they're war characters or that they're... Well, he knew they were... Yeah, but, he must have known they were soldiers, though. Yes. Well, n- not necessarily soldiers. Guys with guns. Oh, I see. The idea of conflict... Like one against the other really didn't come up. It was interesting. Um, and again, I left it. I wasn't going to sit there. Well, let me explain to you. John. That's right. Let me explain. Shoot this guy. And that guy <laughs> should shoot that guy. And, you know, why, Papa? Well, let's talk religion, John. Maybe this guy. That's right. I was going to say, if that was in uh, Brampton, it'd be okay. This guy's going to hack that guy with a machete. And mm-hmm. But how sweet that he doesn't have. He's going to understand one day. No, I, I, I know. And, and again, I didn't want to get into it too much. I didn't want to say, so why are you doing that per se? I right. probably should have, but I just sort of let it go because I thought, I don't want this conversation to go somewhere where, why does why does he need that in his head? Yeah, in why? This wonder, in this wonderful free country. But I love the fact that it's not in his head. I think that's a, yeah. so sweet. <laughs> this program uh, is brought to you by GoDaddy. Yeah, it is. Powers small business and entrepreneurs over 25 years, servicing 20 million customers. Come on, GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. If you've got a great idea or a side hustle, maybe an online store you've been wanting to sell and launch and sell your products well... Now's the time to do it. There's no better time. You can find your domain, create your website with GoDaddy, and bring it to life. GoDaddy gives you free and friendly 24-7 support. They're also here to help you every step of the way. You can even start your website for free today and try it out. No credit card is even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Let me tell you about the Retirement Sherpa. The Retirement Sherpa is Tim Niblett. Uh, You can now know that uh, the Sherpa is there uh, to guide you through your financial future. He's done this with several, several, several uh, Humble and Fred listeners. He's a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Tim, again, available at um, retirementsherpa.ca. If you have a portfolio, you're having second guesses about it, or you're second guessing it, and uh, you want somebody to have a look at it and just give another opinion. He's the guy. He will do it. Uh, no obligation. If you're on the right track, he'll tell you. If not, well, then you can make the uh, decision whether you want to move on over to the smart side, let's call it. He's the Retirement Sherpa. Tim Niblett, RetirementSherpa.ca. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, we're talking about uh, summer's coming to a close. The X is over. Kids are going back to school. And according to something I read this morning, RBC and Scotiabank, along with a bunch of other companies, Mm -hmm. are basically telling their employees to prepare 
to come back to work. Not right. full time, uh, maybe not five days a week, but there's kind of a notice or an alert going out in corporate Canada and maybe other countries as well, I'm sure. They're basically saying, yeah, the pandemic and work at home thing was great, but we're going to need to see you in the office at least a couple to three days a week starting this fall. Part of it is to, they've done some studies. Turns out there is some wins and losses productivity wise, but also socially the, you know, this working in isolation is not great for people. I mean, yes, convenient. The commute's easier. Yeah, yeah, more family time for sure, but your work experience has been so skewed. Uh, what do you think about that? And then I'll tell you what my personal experience of that has been. Well, um, I was reading an article last week, and uh, number one, I'm floored at how many people just took it upon themselves to sell their Toronto home and move to the boonies, mm-hmm. assuming that they could work from home for the rest of their lives, and now are surprised that the companies that have asked them to come back, and now they're in this pickle where they live far from where they work and they have to go back in. Oh, yeah. It was almost like a power play. They thought, well, if I move to whatever, like Owen Sound, they're never going to make me come back. I've moved Owen Sound. Well, unfortunately, that's not the case. And, you know, further to what you just said about working in an environment around people and what that does for you psychologically, um, Apparently, that's part of it. Like, there's a lot of companies where half the people want to come back. Oh, yeah. Because they want that interaction. They don't want to be in their house 24 hours a day. Oh, yeah. A number of... uh, Yeah, you get half the office that they, they, you know, it works perfect for them uh, to work out of the home because, you know, they can avoid daycare on and on. All of it, yeah. But then the other half is going, no, I, I don't want to do this anymore. So that's a bit of a quandary as well. Here's the story. A number of federal public service departments are aiming to have people back in the office by mid-September. Bay Street Law Firm, a big one, is uh, telling people they'll be required to be in the office at least three days a week. Um, part of it, as they say in this article, it's, you know, these office le- leases. You know, you think about the, the, mm-hmm. the downtown core of Toronto. They're spending a lot of money to have that space. Um, but to your point, there appears to be little appetite among workers to resume a life of painful commutes, rigid schedules, and office small talk. Excuse me, thirty-two percent of Canadians say they'd look they would look for another job if their employer they de- if their employer demanded they work exclusively from the office, according to a Ipsos Reid poll or whatever Ipsos poll. Unemployment is at record lows, so workers willing to find workers are willing to find a new job are in a strong negotiating position. But how do, it's isn't it difficult in a lot of situations to replace your income? But maybe you don't have to if you stay at home, right? You can take less money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's an interesting phenomenon, and I I, I think it, it's it may take time because, as you mentioned, a lot of these companies are renting office space at big time money. Maybe now their projections, their business plans will be, as these leases run out, Mm -hmm. let's let people work at home. They win. We win. But it'll take a couple of years, a few years for that to sort of take hold because a lot of places have leases that are extended. So, you know, Charlie, 
uh, daughter number one, who is, uh, this will give you some uh, pause, in another month, okay, another two months, at the end of October or so, little Charlie G is about to turn 28 years old. Yes. And, um, (laughs) yeah, it's crazy to me. And a lot of people that listen to the show know that Charlie, before the pandemic, moved to New York. Pandemic came a couple years later. She moves home and has been working in New York on her computer in Toronto for the last couple of years. You know, I think Charlie goes down to New York probably every couple of months uh, for a few days, works in the office there. But I was talking to her recently, and I think her appetite for being alone. Now, Charlie has a work partner uh, that she went down to New York with, and the both of them came back to Toronto. And for a while in Toronto, the two of them had a small little, like a WeWork kind of space where they would go and work together so they could see one another. But basically, all the clients, all the office, all the staff interactions that Charlie has in a day mm-hmm. are sitting in her house in Toronto. And I could just tell the other day, she was here last week, she's just getting tired of it. I think, not that she wants to go back to New York, to be honest with you, she, I think she's just tired of the isolation. And I thought of it after, I think a lot of young people whatever that is a lot of people in general are tired of being isolated but in specifically they miss the water cooler you know that they miss the vibe of interacting with other human beings well there's an example there there's an uh, an example of you know a, a, a maybe a split office there she might work with a 28 or 30 year old that has a kid and uh can avoid that daycare yeah and, all a bunch of different issues in their lives which which makes it work for them so what does a business do make everybody come back or just have the people back or those who want to come back it's it's really going to be an issue over the next little while um but i get it with charlie just think about when we were that age so much of what you did at work Mm -hmm. became part of your social life as well so if you're not at work hanging out with people now you're not in a bar after work or going to a concert with somebody from work or a group of people from work doing this and that. Yeah. What, like we were used to because no, no. you're not having that eight hour uh, interaction during the day. So nothing comes from that. It's, it's sad, really. Well, I, yeah. I, I get her the type of person she is. I, I completely understand that. You know, just before the pandemic, she'd been there just long enough. I think just under a couple of years, long enough to have a, a made a group of friends. Mm-hmm. She knew people from the client side. They they had a, a a pretty nice little social thing going. Well, they used to go to Central Perk every night, didn't they? That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and I was happy to at the time in the, the spring of the I don't remember wherever part of the pandemic that Charlie the the part that used to get me was she would call me and this is when New York was like the hot spot of the planet and she right. was basically for the first couple of months in the pandemic uh, there they shut their office down and they were working out of their apartment in Brooklyn where people were getting affected and infected. And she would ask me, Daddy, do you think I should come home? And I was like, I don't know what to say to this kid. Like, yes, I'd love to have you here. Right. But what I was getting at is I really believe that, like, Charlie's been, you know, pretty successful. But I believe that Charlie and her partner, James, 
I think there's some missed opportunities not being there. As I said Mm -hmm. to her once, I said, you never know who you would have met, who you would have interacted with, because she was part of a a scene of young 20-something professionals. Mm -hmm. You know, she would tell me, you know, though I met, we were having drinks after, you know, work with this guy from, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, fast, you know, movie companies and all sorts of stuff. And all of that was taken away. So even though her job continued... The, as you just said, the, the elements that of work that aren't your job have all been taken away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I felt bad for her. And, and I know she's getting tired of it. I don't know what she's going to do. I don't, I, just, I don't think she's ever going to move back to New York, mm-hmm. which is, again, too bad. Because, you know, what, what's that? What life could that have been? Yeah, when I was that age, my late 20s. Although I was a father at the time, but all the people I hung out with at CFOI, that was my life. Yeah. And it just wasn't at work. It was baseball and it was not so much concerts for me, but just hanging out at guy in guys' backyards and going camping and all that kind of thing. Um Yeah, I'll tell you, these kids have been this a lot of kids were hurt through this. Oh yeah. Mentally. Mentally. Well your babies, the the grandkids, I remember yeah. whenever Dan and I what was the circumstance? We were having lunch with somebody. Was it Lumby's goodbye lunch? And then you and I and Dan went over to see Mel. Whatever it was, yeah. I remember walking in with the, the two of them. This is a couple of years ago. And John, excuse me, proudly showing me where he went to school in his bedroom. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was neat that he was fascinated by it and he was embracing it. But mm-hmm. I also remember having the conversation with you after going, well, this is, this can't be good. This can't be for their socialization. No, not at all. You know, and they're back today with no COVID restrictions whatsoever. And I just think that's great. I mean, let the chips fall where they may. You know, we're going to find out this fall if this is still a thing to the extent that it was. We'll find out. But in the meantime, they've got to get on. They've got to have normal lives. What is the protocol, by the way, for uh, their age group? Have they been vaccinated? Nine? He's nine and she's yep. six? Oh, so they're, okay. they're vaccinated. Okay. And yep. most kids have been. So mm-hmm. like all the other vaccinations, you need to go to school. Mm-hmm. I always found you that know, part. It, I, and I just, I, I can't. So there was a story this week that was saying, I, I guess, some level of the Canadian Health Canada saying eventually we may be looking at till we really get on the other side of this a vaccine every 90 days and I'm thinking well that's sort of makes sense if it's going to help us get on the other side of this thing once and for all if in fact that can ever happen I'm in, I'm into that and again just the reaction you know it's it's the pharma companies we don't need the vaccine it's the pharma companies in conjunction with the government and people getting paid in the back door that's the only reason we're getting these vaccines and I'm a cynic, but not that much of a cynic. Like, you know, I'm fully vaxxed and double boosted. I got, I got COVID and it was relatively nothing. I don't know for sure if that's why, but you know what? I'm not taking any chances. So if there's another vaccine, I'm taking it. Well, I mean, it would be reasonable to explain that you were double vaxxed and boosted and that's why your COVID experience was mild it isn't your old guy immune system 
Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care if they... They're, the reason they want to vax or boost every 90 days or so is because of the efficacy. Basically, six months out, I, I heard this story uh, when we were uh, the last couple of days that, you know, your the 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 strength of the boost or the vaccine diminishes over time. And so in order to keep the population at a level of immunity, a uh, baseline, you need to boost... I didn't hear it was every 90 days, but you know, I was all like, I don't care. Just what, when do I go to the no frills? Cause that's where I go. Yeah. I go to the no frills and I get jabbed in the arm by, uh, the lady from produce. She seems to know what she's doing. And I'll tell you the harm being done by these anti-vaxxers and the stuff being spread online. And again, I bring up their name, like Theron Flurry, yeah, yeah. Richard Surratt and all these people. And again, I, 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 I so want to ask them, because again, I use pro sports as an indicator. According to these people, there are people dropping and dying in the streets from the vaccine. <laughs> no, I know. Right? Yeah. And again, and I said this to Delise the other day, we don't know anybody that's died from COVID, number one. We don't know anybody that's, had a, that's died from the vaccine. We don't even know anybody that's really got ill from the vaccine. And I use pro sports. There's approximately for these people. So based on their percentages and their per capita of people dying who get the vaccine, which is really high, mm. really high, according to them, there's about 3000 professional athletes in North America between the NFL, the uh, Major League Baseball, all right, hockey and uh, basketball, um, about 3000 athletes. So. Based on their per capita, several of those high-profile people that we would know if they died should be dead right now. Yeah, why aren't they dead? And none of them. <laughs> none of them have died. I don't even know a pro athlete yeah. that's got severely ill from the vaccine. But again, according to their per capita, there should be at least a hundred, a couple of hundred dead already. Like all of a sudden, no, you know, Bo Bichette's dead. Sorry, the <laughs> that's a vaccine. The vaccine got him. Like, well, it's and that's the funny so thing is ridiculous. It's, the joke is the only people that seem to know anyone that's died from the vaccine are anti-vaxxers. Mm-hmm. They're just so evil to spread that stuff. It's so harmful. So point. Well, it's evil, and it's you know, fucking Lugans. Uh, look, there's Dan Duran back. Hey. There's Dan. I was worried about you because I thought you were going to come back like 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I know, but I had to relocate a little bit because the Uh-oh. wind was, the wind was kicking up here. All out of nothing. I sat down I know. and the wind came on. And I tell and you guys. Oh, has stormy eyes that laugh at the sound of lies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Wendy has wings to fly where? Up above the sky. Up above the sky. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. there's a song about everything, even the wind. <laughs> and as you know, the wind can really screw a, uh, a nice day. <laughs> a nice day. Yeah. A nice day. You know what we haven't talked about yet? Um, and we'll get to this in a second. It's a great story from the weekend. It was a Taylor Hawkins. Uh, Hawkins? Am I right? Hawkins? Hawkins, yeah. Foo Fighters tribute. Pretty cool. I don't know if you read anything about it, but uh, quite a star-studded lineup. Oh, yeah. Very cool. What did you see his son play the drum? Yeah, it's crazy. We'll get to that in a second. But Dan Duran will qualify on a guest-less guest show. The Geek's Guy guest of the day will be Dan Duran. Oh, okay. Today. If you're thinking about traveling this winter, because you know what? I know, you haven't thought about it for a couple months, but winter will uh, arrive at some point. 
you know, a couple months from now, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I should get my GigSky data plan up to date so I can use it when I get the hell out of here. If you're thinking about a beach, whether it's uh, Costa Rica, the Dominican, maybe you're going to go to Florida. Eh. Well, you deserve peace of mind when you travel. So surf like a local with the tap of a button. Uh, GigSky, as you know, gives you a 100% data plan. Sign up for it today. Download the app. Enter the code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan or visit GigSky.com for more information. The only worldwide mobile data service with affordable rates in over 190 countries. Download the app today for Android or iOS. You mentioned that uh, Rudra checked in with you about uh, some information earlier in the show. I'm uh, doing a Rudra super hang. I'm playing golf with Rudra on Friday. And the following week, I will be sitting in the Rudra seats behind home plate at a Jaybirds game. Can't wait. Mm, lucky you. Oh, yeah. Wow. I don't know. that. I don't think. I mean, I've sat with uh, Rudra at a uh, Raptors game. I don't know what the seats are like. But I've never done the home uh, plate seats. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be cool. Fantastic. He yeah. was uh, so generous with me and Elise back in April. And we went and saw the Jays from those seats. It was fantastic. Like, uh, is it directly behind the catcher or just off to the side? You couldn't pick. No, no. Right behind. You wow. couldn't pick a nicer seat. That's so cool. And the Jays won that day. 2 nothing. I believe George Springer hit a two-run homer, and that was the only scoring of the game. Unlike the game that you and I went to, it was a high-scoring game. It was like a 9-2 over uh, Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you have any uh, anyone else you'd like to thank as well on this program? Well, I I, want to say you know we've we've talked about this time of year everyone gets serious uh, serious rather. What Mm. buffers it, of course, is baseball playoffs coming up to the start of the National Hockey League season. The Maple Leafs will be in training camp within the next uh, 10 days or so. And of course, the NFL season. I'm pumped. Thursday night, the NFL season begins with the Bills at the Rams. The Bills, the favorite, uh, a two and a half point pick over the Rams in game one of the NFL season. Uh, should be a fantastic game. Really, what a way to kick off the season. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling. Uh, from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Again, according to Bodog, Bills, a two-and-a-half-point pick over the Rams for the opener Thursday night. I had written down the Bills and Rams plan because I wanted to ask you about that, and I was actually thinking, you know what? I made uh, Because I enjoyed the, I think, the two Bills games I watched last year. I enjoyed them very much. I thought, oh, maybe that'll be a nice break because the PGA Tour doesn't get started really for a couple more weeks. Um I think the President's Cup is coming up, but but football-wise, I wouldn't mind you know checking out your team. Or would it be okay if I jump on the Bills bandwagon again? I like the Bills. Well, of course. <laughs> I like the goddamn. Get, Bills. What have I said? To, I, the whole bandwagon thing in in I sports know, kills me. They they owe us nothing. We owe them nothing. Seriously, I you know, know I don't want to be mocked as a Bills fan. Come uh, lately, you know, I mean, yeah. Jump on, because you'll be thrilled and entertained. And I just have this vision of Buffalo 
When I was down in Baltimore with John Ellison, our buddy who's originally from Lewis in the Buffalo area, there were so many of his friends that have relocated down there from the Buffalo area. What that team means to that city. Mm-hmm. If they could ever win the Super Bowl, what it would do for the city of Buffalo, it would just be such a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I so hope, I so hope it happens. And, and you know, and Southern Ontario. It's a huge fan base here. Yeah. I mean, the last time I cared about the Bills, Doug, this is how long ago, I mean, Doug Flutie was the quarterback. And I'd watch those games. And I'd listen to that idiot on uh, whatever it was, that Buffalo AM station used to drive me crazy talking shit about Flutie. The coach, Chuck Dickerson. Yeah. Anyway, I don't uh, know if he's still alive. Uh, Foo Fighters honored their late drummer with an all star tribute concert. <laughs> At London's Wembley Stadium a couple of days ago. It uh, aired live, I guess, online as well. It'll be available for uh, streaming. I think uh, it says here via Paramount. Quite the uh, lineup. It started with Liam Gallagher on lead vocals of uh, Rockin' with the cover of uh, Rock and Roll Star. Dave Grohl on drums. Grohl uh, spoke about his friend and um, bandmate. Niles Rogers. Uh, guy from Jane's Addiction, Paul McCartney, Metallica's Lars Ulrich, Queens, Brian May, Roger Taylor. It was quite the uh, event. I did not. Uh, did you know about this in advance? I had just, just sort of found out about it after the fact. No, no idea. You know what first tipped us off is or tipped me off like a lot of people is the video of uh, his son mm-hmm. playing drums. Uh, of course, yeah. I don't have that in front of me here, but uh, it's quite something on uh, on There Goes My Hero. Yes. Yeah, I watched that. Quite emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something. Well, Pretty amazing, that kid's uh, ability to drum. I, I don't know. I guess he's, you know, obviously been picked it up as a, as a little boy, but really quite something to see him drum that song. That's one of those uh, apple doesn't fall far from the tree things. Right. Uh, they still haven't found it. He was 50 years old and still, in the, according to this article, they, uh, there's no, uh, they have not yet determined uh, cause of death. Has not been revealed, according to this. Maybe they've determined it. They just haven't revealed it. I don't think it'll be much of a secret or much of a surprise, rather. No, I'm sure. Dan, are you aware of uh, this? I'm just trying to get the kid drumming here. Yeah, so I saw the uh, the article about it this morning. Oh, here we go. And it went, flew flew both below my radar as well. During our boat cruise, I had this conversation with uh, Dan yesterday hmm. um, on your uh, romantic uh, back mm-hmm. bay uh, adventure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saturday night, we're watching Crosstown ta- uh, Traffic. Uh, Bruce Mallory's band, excellent job. They did a Canadiana set where they did Blue Rodeo and Tragically Hip, and it was fantastic. And I said to Dan, did you enjoy that? And he said, yes. And then it hit me. I thought, you know, Dan, I've never heard him really say much about the Tragically Hip because Dan likes rock music, but he's very particular with it. And he made the comment that I make about, you know, um, Led Zeppelin or ACDC. It's like I don't particularly enjoy their music, but I respect what they do. And that's sort of what dan said to me it's yeah i like he said i don't like it as much as you guys do but i respect what they do yeah 
And that's true. I mean, there's lots of there's some songs that I live that I love. Like <laughs> Wheat Kings is a great song, right? But but you know, it's I just uh, there's only so much of it that I would. No, I get it. Well, it took with. you a long time to work. See, I was going to say, I didn't, I yeah. never, I, I used to, you know, I know it was a running gag with us, but I was never really a big hip fan. I became more of a fan, ironically, after he died, because I really started to listen to it as opposed to like, and mm-hmm. in, in when you're a DJ like we were, you don't really listen to the music. It's just there. It's kind of a, pro, it's kind of there in between you talking, but I'm. You know, I was never a big fan like some of the guys at the station we worked at. <clears throat> By the way, here's a little uh, taste of, uh, this is his kid. Uh, what is his name? Shane. Sorry, hang on down. Yes, I know. If I had a mouse, that wouldn't happen. All right, just stop it. Just stop it. Here's uh, Shane. Ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, one more drummer that's going to come up and play with us tonight. And uh, let me tell you, I don't think I've ever seen anyone hit the drums as hard as this person. But beyond that, he's a member of our family. And uh, he needs to be here tonight with all of us. And uh, I think it makes sense that he's going to come up and play with us tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Mr. Shane Hawkins on the drums. He's just a kid, eh? 16 years old. Oh, really? And you can, you can tell, like, Grohl is, like, it's very emotional for him. He's looking at Dave. It's so funny. There's a great moment. I haven't seen that before. Uh, Taylor, the kid, Shane, starts to uh, do that thing, counting with his sticks, and then he looks over at Grohl and pauses for a second and goes, oh, okay. Maybe you should. <laughs> He's almost like, oh, no, that's right. You start this. It's cute. Here we go. And they're showing on the video screens pictures of Taylor and his kid. Wow. Wow. He's right. This kid really does uh, smash the drums. Dan, do you hate the Foo Fighters too as much as the Tragically Hip or... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, you know, there's a, an occasional Foo Fighter song I really enjoy as well. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of screaming yeah. in some of their songs. Yeah, unless it's one of my playlists that Dan, Dan's playing through his system here. And he usually does that. So he, he well, this won't offend Fred. If he's yeah. not playing one of, you know, he's he's not really in the rock genre. No, I know. It's more Calypso and, and so world music and yeah, world music. Yes. Yeah, I don't like every like. There's lots of Foo Fighters songs I don't like. Uh, you know, they're not. I mean, I love the I love the band. I love the vibe of Dave Grohl, obviously. But there's another, you know. There's probably half a dozen Foo Fighter songs I like, and there's lots that are like, eh, whatever. No, I know. Even a couple I like, and I can't off the top of my head where he starts screaming. I yeah. don't like the screaming in rock. That's what I just said to you. There's a, some of those songs just have yeah. too much screaming in it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it was a six-hour concert and uh, just quite a, a tribute. I haven't actually seen the McCartney. There's a was a duet, McCartney and somebody else. Six hours. Yeah. The final Six hour was, concert? Well, yeah. It was a big, long, wow. day-long event, Dan. Jesus. Oh. 
You know, uh, like uh, Woodstock and um, Live those Aid. Those things. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it was all Foo Fighter music? Just every No, song there was, was different. Like, uh, oh, okay. What's his face? Um, what's his face? McCartney uh, sang. Like, some of the guys would be, like, different people singing Foo Fighter songs. But there was, like, a Queen set. And I think McCartney did a, a Beatles song. Did, um... Was uh, Ringo by the there? way, did he did Ringo drum or did you? I see don't know, that? but uh, yeah. Rush, uh, Getty Lee, and Alex Lifeson were there. Yep, yep, doing some cool stuff. Anyway, this kid is uh, fantastic. Go check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, Dan Duran, are you uh, prepared uh, for prepared. Uh, some uh, news? Because that's why uh, getting the news. You know, it's been a a few yeah. days now. I can only imagine you and your staff have been. Working, fe- <laughs> working, working feverishly yeah. to feverishly, tirelessly to don't uh, tirelessly, yeah. tireless, tirelessly and yeah. feverishly. Uh, Dan Duran's news today brought to you by cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Mm-hmm. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from Lovesick Lake, where there was a recent uh, Dandoran Wang sighting. Uh, that's the. Uh, that's not our top story, but it's one of the things that our team is investigating. That would be one question I asked, Dan. When you dropped your drawers in front of me and exposed your... <laughs> Whatever that is. Did you not... Did it not cross your mind that I would talk about it on the show? No. Didn't even... (laughs) Wow. Have you just met us? I know you don't know me, but you certainly know him. Yes, I know. It was just, you know, there's the friend side, and then there's, you know, the uh, the show side. It just didn't even occur to me. Didn't even wow. occur to me. Yeah, But so they melt like, together so well. <laughs> oh, God. Like, Here's the thing. If I found out that you dropped your pants and showed Fred your wiener, and he didn't talk about it, I'd think, oh. <laughs> You'd get a letter <laughs> well, No, no, I, I would be like, I would be worried about him. I'd be like, Fred, are you okay? Oh, no, it yeah. just didn't occur to me to tell you. Really? Yeah. All right. Live the HR from, Department of Humble and Fred. That's right. Live from Lakeside, Dan Duran's news brought to you by Bodog, and uh, and Dan Duran and his crack staff have prepared today's cast. Here's Dan yes. Duran. The cost of pheromones are coming down. I know you guys have thought, you know, like 400 bucks a hectare. That's a little too much for my, that's too rich for my farming needs. But researchers have figured out a cheaper way to make pheromones. Now, what's happened is over time, we've been using insecticides on our on our harvests. Uh, but there's a gentler approach, which some farmers are starting to, uh, to uh, use in more of a high-yield uh, kinds of crops, which is using pheromones con- to confuse insects and prevent them from finding mates. So it's kind of like contraception for bugs. 
anyway, it's been a very expensive process because they have to, you know, tailor make the uh, pheromones for the proper insect and make traps and everything. But they figured out a way now that could bring uh, the uh, the pheromones to the uh, the crops in a much cheaper method, maybe less than half, and brings it in line with uh, insecticides, and so may be used more and more as this technology gets going. I'm not sure um, I understood a lot of that. Okay. Something about putting condoms on every bug. Yeah, that's what I, all, all I can think of. It's funny, you and I are thinking the same thing. So they have little tiny mosquito yeah. condoms. Although, I, and then I was thinking, okay, compared to Dan Duran, we have mosquito dicks. Uh, then I thought... Uh, a bunch of other things. Yeah. Um, it's quite an issue, isn't it, right now? Because, again, all the hysterical people on the far right are saying we're all going to starve because they are trying to do something about these insect- insecticides, you know, over the long term. But what do what do you do? Like, yeah. something's got it's another one of those things. You know, there's got to be a day one of change, right? Yeah, you also every every uh, technology that's come along for in, in the, mm-hmm. you know preventing insects always seems to have a side effect, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if there is a side effect to this one. Maybe it, it, it's less uh, I, I, if it's targeted properly, then there won't be any side effect. Which I think is what they're trying to do. But you oh, know, well. there's I know those little Asian beetles. They were brought over. Hey, no, to, don't uh, be racist. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, I'm Come sure on, there's man. There's another name for them now. Yeah, I used to call them uh, oriental li- little beetles. You racist. Yeah, ladybugs. <clears throat> but they were introduced to, uh, I forget what the, the actual bug was, and they thought that they would die off during the winter, but they didn't. And mm, so they, yeah. they, uh, they aren't harmful, but they do stink a little bit. Well, the problem with the Asian beetles is they're crazy because they, they eat, and then an hour later they want to eat again. That's true. You know, and the crops are... That, that's from science, Dan. <laughs> wow! Yeah, <laughs> and you started it because of your racist <laughs> bug story, right? Yeah, that's a but good I'll, one. I'll tell you one thing: as a guy who takes pride in his lawn, oh yeah, when the Ontario government a few years ago, I can't even remember now, decided you can no longer use, um, you could only use the natural weed and feed or, or, or um, weed killer. Yeah, it it doesn't work very well. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. Like, you, you, buy, need, you know, you pay 40 bucks for this bag of stuff, you put it on your lawn, and you still get weeds. I mean, they claim it. No, works, it's but terrible. It's not, awful. Not, it hasn't worked for me. Oh, would you say that's the worst? Is that the worst thing? Is that that's the worst thing. But as my dad <laughs> used to say, my dad used to say, the, bed, the best weed killer is a healthy lawn. Yeah, that's right, Papa. I love when people say, oh, man, that's the worst. And I go, really? Is that the worst? Is it worse than the little kid in Africa who has no food and one of his eyes doesn't work? Is that worse? Okay, than I'm that? sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of the, you know, he's got a bug flying around. He's got like a, an Asian beetle flying around one of his eyes. His other eye, other eye doesn't work well. Mm. Crippled kid on a CB radio. <laughs> <laughs> is it as bad as the crippled kid on the CB whose dad is dead? Right. <laughs> Come on. Man, come on. <laughs> anyway, well, this has been uh, this has been good. I enjoyed this. Yeah, I hope yeah, everyone. Good. Do you have more stuff, Dan? Uh, one more, real quick. Hold one. on, Dan Duran. Dan Duran's going to take a nice sip of his coffee. Hope it's strong enough. And now with his second story, not to be confused with his first story. <laughs> this is the second. This story. is now the second story. Yes. 
Being too good looking is not a defense. In Las Vegas, the Metro Police there say they arrested a woman for reportedly skipping out on a restaurant tab at the airport Chili's Mm. and for violating airport rules. And while being detained, she complained that officers arrested her because she was so good looking. She said that she was going to spit on all officers and the officers were perverts and they were harassing her because they'd never seen anyone as good looking as she really how good looking was she dan i don't know i looked for the uh the good looking photo but they did not release the uh the arrest photo for some reason the mugshot is not out there in the uh, in the in the you know the internet okay. serious anymore. question I, I know you're trying to find the word but serious question because you're so good looking in your life have you ever been do you think you've been given preferential treatment over fred and i who are like bridge trolls compared to you you know do you find that the doors just open magically for you because of your uh your chiseled jaw and your your face that's all symmetrical and such (laughs) see i don't i don't have that perspective of me like you guys i don't know you know i just i just feel like i'm me so perhaps i've had a a door or two i I always think that that's because i'm being nice oh well you are nice no listen so Howard and I have nice, a, a nice nailed, but do we, oh, do we do? Really? <laughs> oh, really? yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll go with you. We're the nice, we're yeah. the nicest guys going. We're so we nice. Doors, there's no doors. Open. I mean, doors open for Dan, obviously, because his dink opens half of them. He's just he's a bank. This is automatic. <laughs> doors open about five minutes before he. That's arrives. right. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I I think. Hey, listen, three city traditionally over the years, if you're around a really, really beautiful woman, you act different. You're, of course you do. different. Yeah. And it's no different than females with a super attractive guy. And I've heard references over the years still now. People I know from the past, oh, how's Dan Duran doing? Oh, he's so good looking. Hmm. So many women say that. I remember hmm. Dan, he's just so good looking. And I'm thinking, wow. Now, you never hear that sentence with like, What's hey, how's, how's your buddy Fred doing? Is he still good looking? I'm, no, he's fine. <laughs> no, no. Is he still? Yeah, I mean, I, I've had several conversations, though, just like you, Fred. How's your friend mm-hmm. Dan? God damn it, he's beautiful. I go, I know, I know. It's hard to look at sometimes. I was going to say, Dan, just before we finish the show, here's the here's the end of Teddy Bear, little crippled boy, and the dead dad trucker. As fast as one driver would carry him in, another would carry him to his truck and take off again. So they just kept carrying the little crippled boy in and out of his house and took him for rides. You can't do that nowadays because people would be like, "Hey, where's that kid going?" Those truck, those strangers in their truck. Happiness again. How did he? How did this guy sell the song to the record company? I got a great idea. It's about a kid who's got his legs don't work and his dad's dead. Oh, fantastic! And then they were all gone. Jesus. Uh, anyway, uh, tomorrow on the program because we are going to have some guests. Tomorrow's guest. Uh, actually, we have a couple of special guests. We're going to talk about a new cannabis delivery system. It's really interesting. Uh, finally, we've rescheduled Barry Shepley. He's the uh, guy that coaches uh, triathletes, and he's an interesting character. We rescheduled him. The retirement Sherpa will join us for his regular Wednesday visit. And uh, we are doing a show on Thursday for the first time since the uh, long weekend in May, I guess. That's it. Mm-hmm. 
All right, guys, what will the day uh, hold for you, Dan Duran, by the lake, you know, a few meters from your man, Freddie? You're going to go for uh, you guys going to show gonna you, are you guys going to play a game of show dinks and boat rides or <laughs> what? Uh, hey, guys, is it time for show dinks? <laughs> Aren't you heading back to the city today, Dan? I'm heading back to the Uh-oh. city today. Dan Got some stuff to do there nice. and uh, helping uh, helping uh, people out with their uh, their condo reno. And also, uh, my uh, <laughs> my girlfriend Lisa's coming in back from uh, oh. from a, trip, a business trip. So really, mm. picking her up at the uh, at the island airport. Oh, won't that be some oh, kind of reunion? Airport. Yeah, oh. yeah, she's flying on the porter. Oh, I love that. What? Oh, that's mm. exciting! Wow. Yeah. I'm, I know we're done for today, but tomorrow I've got a couple of cool stories for you. One is uh, the um, the kids are apparently yelling poop to Google and Alexa. They keep yelling play poop songs like kids are doing this to their whatever that device is, uh, the category is called. And, uh, right. and all the guys with poop songs on Spotify are making money. Oh, because kids are yelling poop to the Alexa. It's funny. There's an interesting story. Yeah. Uh, also, Dan Duran is our... We're going to appoint Dan Duran as our special master uh, on the show. He's our special show master. Oh, for documents and For stuff? document retrieval. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there's this really interesting thing I found. It's this one kid answering questions about the 90s. I think you'll find somewhat fascinating. And tomorrow I'll tell you about how I had to get off the highway and go nap into Tim's Horton, Tim Horton's parking lot. <laughs> I literally had to get off the highway and have to go and nap. That's where, right. that's where you, I'm at. You know what you got to do is, is maybe come up with Humble Howard's nap map. Nap map. Seriously. I had to leave the highway and go find a, a place to nap. I was so tired. Nap for naps. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's tomorrow's program. Yeah, just like ways, but for naps. Well, you guys have a good day at the lake. Try and keep your dink showing to a minimum. Oh, I'm heading back to uh, to Brampton. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I haven't. Hey, it's been over a week. I haven't seen a good sword fight. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it would be funny if you're <laughs> so good with your ring doorbell cam or whatever you be. <laughs> You being yeah. attacked by a guy with like a mini hat, little mini uh, chopper. Mm-hmm. This episode of Hubble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and Health Gauge. And don't forget to enter to win a set of tires from Continental Tire. Email us, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Like and subscribe. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, as Howard says, just the odd ones are giant fuckheads. Clap your hands. Where's